With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Attention nerds. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this episode of The Riley and Kimmy Show. It is a Wednesday episode. Right next to me is... Kimmy. I got one name. Kimmy. Hi there, I am your host, Patrick Riley. Quite a good scene, isn't it? One man crazy, three very sane spectators. That, that's right, sane spectators right here in the studios with the, uh, with the, uh, I don't know if you can hear that in the background. We have a, a giant uh, fur beast that's uh, getting himself comfortable on his dog bed. Mm-hmm. Kimmy, welcome to this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Now on episode, oh, let's see, the last one, that was 1,137. It was revealed that you were a little under the weather. Are you feeling any better with this episode, 1,138? Not really. All right, no. well, enjoy that nice, no. warm, healthy herbal tea that I made for you there. But I'm here. And Well, we are glad you're here because the show must go on. Right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. The show must go on. Welcome to the Riley and Kimmy Show, a Wednesday edition of the Riley and Kimmy Show. And what is a Wednesday to the world of nerdum in comic books and things like that, Kimmy? Well, that's new comic book day. That's right. Brand new comics today. And you can find those at your local comic book shop. We have a list of the brand new stuff, the brand new product, the brand new comic books, those statues, the toys, and all that kind of stuff available right on our nerd news section of our website, which is RileyandKimmy.com. The Riley and Kimmy Show needs your help, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. Yes, we need your help in the Spacey Awards. Yes, votes are being taken, being cast for the Spacey Awards, and the Riley and Kimmy Show has been nominated for Best Podcast in the Spacey Awards, and we need your help. Please vote for us. You can find a ballot uh, right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com, right at the uh, top of the website. Also available right on our Facebook page. It's pinned right to the top. Click on the, well, it's a box in some cases, depends on what uh, device you're looking on. In some cases, it's a bubble. It will be to the left of our name, Riley and Kimmy Show, as it's labeled. And give us a vote, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. And if you could share that and, you know, suggest that uh, votes be cast for the Riley and Kimmy Show, we'd deeply appreciate that. If you could share at least with two people or more and have them do the same, we would deeply, deeply appreciate that. Now, we checked, Kimmy and I did, and voting goes till February 13th, this being February 1st. Yes, the calendar flipped over. We have 12 days of voting going. Mm-hmm. 
just real quick here, I need to do a check here. Kimmy, are you still following along all right with the Riley and Kimmy show? I'm here. You, you are here. And one more question, Kimmy. Are you on that Hulk stuff? Mm-hmm. All right. This will be an interesting episode of the Riley and Kimmy show. So please help us out. Vote for Kimmy. Matter of fact, a very good friend and listener to the Riley and Kimmy show created hashtag win it for Kimmy. And you can win it for Kimmy. In all honesty, I'm not kidding here. I, I was, you know, not driving for this award. I was honored we were nominated. But I know Kimmy has never won a thing as an adult. And way back in, like, elementary school, middle schools, last time she won something. In science class or the science, what was it, spell down or science, science down? Science down. Yeah, uh-huh. it was the last time. So yep. we would like to, well, I would like to make her a winner. Plus, you can help give me an early birthday present because when this award is given, it will be given right at my birthday. So, so uh, it would be a great birthday present for myself and definitely something very special for Kimmy. Because, tell you what, if... Uh, we see the, the tabulations coming around on February 13th, and we won. That is really close. That's within a, a little over a week, or right around a week, to Kimmy's birthday. So, in a way, you'll be giving Kimmy a birthday present, too, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. hashtag win it for Kimmy. Find those ballots right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com and our Facebook page. Please friend in, follow, and like us. We'll do the same right back with you with all social media. And tell your friends you have found a place that offers a daily a daily nerd variety talk show. We offer pop culture escapism so you can get away from anything and everything in the world if you need to. And we're always there with a brand new episode every single day. RileyandKimmy.com is the website. Give me the question for you I have. On this Wednesday, February 1st, are you able (laughs) and are you willing to play nerd and pop culture geek trivia? I'll try my best. We'll be asking Kimmy some trivia questions, and we may have jumbled up the timeline. Can't guarantee we have or have not. Now, that means things may be in chronological order, or they may not be. They may not be linear at all. Maybe all quantum leaped kind of done here. Yeah. So is she going to be Sam Beckett and trying to guess what year she's in or not? Or will she have an easy time with the numbers and the dates and the things rolling in series? Who knows what's in store with this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show and Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia. Feel free to shout out those answers. Yell at that tablet, that smartphone, that smell <laughs> smell phone. You know what that is, don't, don't you, Kimmy, the smell phone? Oh, yeah, boy. Yeah, that's sort of like Jethro used to want smell-o-vision. Yeah, he did. He wanted smell-o-vision, not just television. Mm. He wanted to smell the food that you see on TV. So, shout out to that cell phone or whatever type of device you have that you're watching and listening to the Riley and Kimmy Show with. And perhaps you can help her as we believe that the answers come through the time tunnel vortex right to her ears. It has worked in the past. Maybe it'll work this time. Here we go with the very first thing, Kimmy. It was on this date in 1790. The United States Supreme Court convened for the first time in New York City. It was on this date, 1862. The Battle Hymn of Republic by Julia Ward Howe was first published in the Atlantic Monthly. 1867 saw in the United States bricklayers start working eight hours a day. Now, an eight-hour day was unheard of in that time period. That was 1867. 1884, the first edition of the Oxford English Dictionary was published. Kimmy, do you own a dictionary to this day? Not electronic. Do you own the old standard dictionary? Mm-hmm. Do you have one that you have, like, during the day with what you do? No. So you don't have one anywhere around you? 
No, but there's one in this house somewhere. Oh, there's several here in this. No, I don't use one. In this bad cave. There's quite a few, Kimmy, as a matter of fact. It was on this date. Give me the year, Kimmy. This person worked on the world's first motion picture studio. Give me the year within 10 years that the first motion picture studio was constructed. Um, 1920. It was 1893 by Thomas Edison. 1893. Moving over to something else that happened on this day, Kimmy. Give me within 20 years, when was the first automobile insurance policy issued? Within 20 years. 1920. It was 1898, the very first one. The person paid $11.25 for a policy which gave him $5,000 in liability coverage. Moving further into the trivia list here with questions. 1900 saw Eastman Kodak Company introduce the Brownie Box Camera. How much did the Brownie Box Camera cost within $10 in 1900, Kimmy? $20. It cost $1. Okay. Moving over to something happening on this date in history. The very first Miss America was crowned in New York City. Now, if you'd like me to play uh, that Miss America song, I can, but I I, know, I I hope not. If you need it to stall a little bit here, give me the year within 20 years that the first Miss America was crowned. 1940. Oh, you were so close, Kimmy. It was 1919. Okay. 1920 saw the first armored car being introduced. It was 1930. The Times published its first crossword puzzle, Kimmy. It was on this date. Give me the year. Now, listen carefully with the question, you know, what I'm asking here. It was on this date. We will give you a buffer of five years. The first telecast of an atomic explosion took place. Give me the year. 1960. It was 1951 that that happened. 1951 also saw the first X-ray moving picture process being demonstrated. 1953, CBS TV debuted this show. Even though you're sick, that's not the main reason I'm not asking to identify the TV show. It's one, because I don't think there's any way on earth you would know it, or anyone would. That is Private Secretary from 1953, starring Anne Southern. I doubt you've ever seen that on any retro thing or anything, have you? No. No. Uh-uh. I've never seen it actually on any uh, retro shows. I've only seen uh, you know, clips and things and online over the course of time. It was on this day, 1954, CBS television debuted a soap opera, a certain soap opera for the very first time. We'll see if you can identify, well, I'm not even going to ask you that because I think it's in the title here with the announcer. Just tell me if you watched it as a kid. It was on when you were a child. It was on for a long period of time, 1954. This one made its debut. This is The Secret Storm. And some scary music that was actually used clear in the 1970s. That right there. Hmm. You would think that was like 1930s, 1940s, something like that. Did you ever watch, or anybody in your household watch The Secret Storm? 
Probably. Yeah, I don't remember the Secret Storm with any of my soap opera relatives at all. I don't remember mm. that one at all. It was 1957. P.H. Young became the first black pilot on a scheduled passenger airline. It was on this date, Kimmy. I'll give you the year. 1964. The Beatles have their first number one hit in the United States. Tell me what that song was. It's 1964. Please please me? No. One more guess. She loves you? Oh, why not? One more guess. I want to hold your hand? That's it, Kimmy. You got it. I want to hold your hand. 1964, number one for the Beatles. It was 1964, Kimmy. The governor of Indiana declared that this song was pornography. He requested that radio stations in the state not play the song. Please identify the song. Here is your clue. Tell me the name of the song. Louie Louie. That's correct. And bonus points if you can tell me the name of the recording artist right there. Mm -mm. The Kingsman, Paul Revere and the Raiders did have a version of it as well. But this one right here is the one that really stands out. And that is the Kingsman. That's the one that was, well, pornographic according to the governor. <laughs> according to the governor of Indiana. Uh, uh, yeah. It was on this date, 1976. Sonny and Cher resumed on television despite... A real life divorce. Were you watching that show in 1976? Wait a minute. What am I asking? You weren't even you weren't even around on planet Earth at that time. It was on this day, Kimmy, in 1985. This Eagles member appeared on an episode of a crime TV show that was based in Florida on NBC TV. Can you tell me the name of the TV show and tell me the member of the Eagles? Um, Glenn Fry. That's correct. And the TV show. Miami Vice. That's right. Did you, do you remember seeing that episode? Uh-huh. All right. It was 1987. Terry Williams won the largest slot machine payoff at the time, winning $4.9 million after getting four lucky sevens on a machine in Reno, Nevada. Can you imagine that? Just pulling that back and, mm. and you walk away with that kind of coin. It was on this day, Kimmy, the cars disbanded. Within two years, what year did the cars call it quits? 1990? You got it within two years. It was 1988. Think about that. They had hits right before that, and they call it quits. Mm -hmm. You know, Drive and others were quite strong in that time period. Not that, you know, not, no, not that far from 1988 mm -hmm. that those were hits. So on this date in 1996, Visa and MasterCard announced security measures that would make it safe to shop on the internet. That was in 1996. Hmm. It was on this date, 1998. Actor Stuart Whitman receives a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You have no clue who that is, do you? Mm -mm. All right. It was 1999. Former White House intern Blank gave a deposition that was videotaped for senators weighing impeachment charges against President Clinton. Tell me the name of that Blank intern. Monica Lewinsky. That is correct. It was on this date, Kimmy, 2002, with the clues. Tell me who this actress is. 2002, she was charged with four felony counts that stem from her shoplifting arrest on December 12, 2001. She was charged with theft, burglary, vandalism, and possession of a controlled substance. Who is she? Winona Ryder. Exactly right. It was on this date, Kimmy. You have to be exact. No room for error. It was on this date, 
NASA's space shuttle Columbia exploded while re-entering Earth's atmosphere. All seven astronauts on board were killed. Give me the year. Ooh. No, I can't. All right, I'll give you a plus or minus of five. 2005? You were close. It was 2003. Okay. Do you remember without revealing? Mm -hmm. You remember exactly where you were. When it happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I know exactly where I was. Mm. I was outside waiting to hear the sonic booms of it coming for its landing at uh, the Cape. Mm. And we know what happened. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history. It is Celebrity and Notable Birthdays. Born on this date, John Ford. Do you know what he is known for or his role in the world of Hollywood, Kimmy? John Ford. Mm-hmm. Tell me. Actor. Incorrect. A director. That is correct. John Ford, born 1894, died at the age of 79 in 1973. American film director. He did so, oh, so many huge films. Matter of fact, Orson Welles considered him possibly the greatest film director. That is John Ford. He did the film Stagecoach in 1939, Grapes of Wrath in 1940, The Searchers in 1956, the man who shot Liberty Valance, 1962. This person born 1901, died at the age of 59 in 1960. An American film actor, often referred to as the king of Hollywood, or just simply the king, best known for his role as Rhett Butler in Gone with the Wind. Tell me who that birthday person is. Clark Gable. That is exactly correct. Celebrating birthday today, somebody you don't know, you just said a little bit ago, I, I don't know who he is. That is Stuart Whitman, actor, age 89 today. He is known for playing Marshal Jim Crown in the Western television series Cimarron Strip. That was in 1967. He's also in a, well, I, I even, I don't know if I can say this word weird for this TV show, but for this episode of Night Gallery, it was even weird for Night Gallery. He was in one of Night Gallery's episodes in 1972, and the streets of San Francisco, in 1973, an episode called The Setup and many other TV shows over the course of time. So you can identify this birthday person, Kimmy. He was part of the original cast of Saturday Night Live from 1975 to 1980. And he's currently playing on a TV show called Two Broke Girls. Here's your audio clue. Actually, um, it's similar in the writing in that uh, I've always said, and I really mean that that, uh, the uh, group of writers that uh, Lauren had, uh, I think this group of writers are pretty much equal to that group in my, in my estimation. Uh, but there is a significant lack of ego trips on this show. Uh, there's much less stress from day to day. And uh, on this show, there's a whole lot that happens that everybody might call crises, but is not because of the professionalism of the group, which to me is just uh, great. And it's, when it comes to my character, when I checked it out and I saw that he had, um, you know, a character that had a blues jazz background, I really have had, had a lot. That, my first experience was in music with a lot of guys like that. Who is that mystery voice who's having a birthday today, Kimmy? Garrett Morris. That's correct. How old is Garrett Morris within five years? 75. You got it within, within the five-year corridor. He is 80 today, and he's on Two Broke Girls. You remember he plays at the, mm -hmm. the yeah, plays there and everything. 
Do you even watch that show anymore? Mm-mm. All right. Moving over to somebody else having a birthday. Don Everly of the Everly Brothers having a birthday. He is 80 today. This person having a birthday today, no longer with us, unfortunately, died 2012 at the age of 74. I'm going to give you his name. You tell me the character he is known for in television, okay? Mm-hmm. The name of the actor who is having a birthday today, Sherman Hemsley, having a birthday. Mm-hmm. What character did he play? In George the, Jefferson. That's right, George Jefferson. And also all in the family, too, technically. He played Deacon Ernest Fry on NBC series Amen, and he was also on Dinosaurs. He, he did that, too. Sherman Hemsley, having a birthday today. Jazz musician Joe Sample. Having a birthday today. Died in 2014 at the age of 75. See if you can identify this musician, Kimmy. He passed away in 2004 at the age of 56. His birthday is today. Very, very easy audio clue for you. Here is your clue. Yeah, who is that birthday person? Rick James. That's correct. Died at the age of 56. Next person, an actor, also producer, and works in well, with science fiction in so many ways. See if you can identify this person who's having a birthday and tell me how old he is today. Here is your audio clue. You're a bad man. You're a very bad man. You're a bad man. You're a very bad man. And you keep thinking bad thoughts about me. He was a bad man. So I turned him into a jack-in-the-box. A jack-in-the-box that still had his bad face. And you mustn't think bad thoughts about me either, or I'll do the same thing to you. Who is that birthday person? Billy Moomy. That's correct. And how old is Billy Moomy within five years? Uh, 65. He is 63, so you get that. And by the way... He is actually one of the leading experts on the TV show Twilight Zone. If you ever have a chance to listen to him talk about the Twilight Zone or take calls on it, it is fantastic to hear him. Heard him on Coast to Coast before more than one time, and he is just great with that. And actually, he is one of the icons of the 60s that I would love to meet, you know, is Billy Moomy. Mm-hmm. He just seems fun. Mm-hmm. Moving back to that birthday list, identify who this person is. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. She played Audrey Horn on Twin Peaks. Tell me the name of the actress. She's having a birthday today. You can I do, don't know. You can do this. My favorite character. Mm-hmm. My favorite female character. I can't remember on her name. On Twin Peaks. Cheryl Lynn Fenn having a birthday today. How old is she within five years? Um... 54. She's 52, so you got that. She kind of had that uh, young Elizabeth Taylor look, if mm-hmm. you remember back in, the, yes. back in the days. This person having a birthday today, no longer with us, Kimmy. An American actor, martial artist, died in 1993 at the age of 28. On March 31st, 1993, he died during the filming of The Crow in an accident involving a prop gun. Identify who this person is. Brandon Lee. That's exactly right. Born in 1965. You better get the next one right, or somebody will be quite mad at you, and it's not me, it's somebody who spoke to you over the past weekend. Here is your question, Kimmy. She has been married to singer Michael Jackson and 
actor Nicolas Cage. Can you tell me who she is? Um, that would be Lisa Marie Presley. That is correct. <laughs> you see, you could not get this one wrong. Or Blake Ovard, Tug, the Bull Terrier's dad, would be quite upset with you. Yes. Kimmy, tell me how old Lisa Marie Presley is within five years today. Um, 57? She is 49 today. Oh. Tell me the name of her mother. Priscilla. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you got it right. Do you know who Pauly Shore is? Mm-hmm. You know that he's an actor and a comedian, correct? Uh-huh. And, you know, he used to do like MTV. Remember that? Uh-huh. And he did a couple of movies like Encino Man in 1992, Son-in-Law in 1993, and Biodome in his within five years. Uh, 45. You got it within five. He is 49 today. Moving over to another section of the trivia list. I see dead people. It is notable deaths. On this date, Kimmy, she passed away 1851. She died of a brain tumor at the age of 53. She is the individual who created and wrote Frankenstein. Tell me who she is. Mary Shelley. That is exactly right. It was on this date, 1966. Buster Keaton passed away. He was a comic big, big time in silent films. Get to see him in a role with Charles Chaplin in a movie called Limelight, which is fantastic. Deals a little bit about showbiz towards the end of both their careers. He dies at the age of 69 in 1966. 1966, Hedda Harper. She was a gossip columnist, a celebrity gossip columnist. She passed away at the age of 75. And this person passed away, Kimmy, in 2012 at the age of 75. Tell me who he is. I don't know if he reveals the name of the show. If he does, he he does. If he doesn't tell me the name of the show he is known for, give me who this person is. Hey there, welcome aboard. You're right on time for another great ride on the Soul Train. We'll begin our salute to the Commodores right after these very important communications. In your television market, it aired on Saturday afternoons. He was the host of what TV show? You should have heard it there. He, Soul Train. That's right. And tell me his name. I can't recall his name. Oh, Kimmy, shame on you. One of my mentors would be upset with you because he he worked with him. That is Don Cornelius, who passed away on this date, 2012, at the age of 75. Now, she is not feeling that great, but I think you did an excellent job, Kimmy. Uh, Thank feeling, you. Feeling that well. By the way, a reminder, please uh, vote for us in the Spacey Awards. You can find those ballots available right on our Facebook page, pinned right to the top. Click right to, or actually to the left of our name. There's a box or a bubble, depending on what you're you're looking on, if you're a smartphone or a tablet. And available right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Right now, I think we'll honor something from trivia today. Radio was new. Radio, someone still And that's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Kimmy, we have chicken soup ready for you. We got some more tea, and you can listen to a golden age of radio and, and relax. How's that? Awesome. And we're doing that in honor of somebody having a birthday today. That is Clark Gable. This is a very special old-time radio show because of the date when it aired. Now, the show he's in, the title is Imperfect Lady. Now, it's definitely not about Kimmy because it would be called Perfect Lady if it was about Kimmy. Imper- yeah, Well, yes. Imperfect Lady. 
is a piece that he did, a Golden Age of Radio piece. Why this is interesting, this was done, this first aired October 1939. Gone with a Win would be released to the public, to the masses, December 15, 1939. And there's been some screenings of it prior to this old-time radio production, which they refer to his upcoming film. So this is really cool. I mean, he's already a big star, but he would become even bigger. You're right on the cusp of something, and his performance is fantastic. Now, Imperfect Lady is a romantic comedy about two script writers with clashing personalities who have to work together on a movie script. It's sort of just like the Riley and Kimmy show, you, right? That, that's sort of like, like us. So let's go back in time in honor of Clark Gable. Here's Imperfect Lady from 1939 on the Riley and Kimmy show. Hi, everybody. Your neighborhood good golf dealer and the golf oil companies again welcome you to the Gulf Screen Guild Theater. Got a great cast for you tonight. Ginger Rogers, Margaret Lindsay, Clark Gable, Spencer Charters, and of course your old friend Oscar Bradley and his golf orchestra. By the way, I, I was lucky enough to catch a sneak preview of Gone with the Wind the other night, and I know you'll all be glad to hear that Clark Gable is terrific as Red Butler. I haven't any picture news on Ginger Rogers or Margaret Lindsay at the moment because since Ginger finished by Fifth Avenue Girl for RKO and Margaret got through with British intelligence for Warner Brothers, both of the girls have been taking a well-earned rest and going to the dinner's matches. And now in the moment that remains before the lights dim and the curtain rises, I just want to remind you that the Gulf Screen Guild Theater is most unusual because every single cent of the money that Gulf would ordinarily give to the stars who appear on the stage of the Gulf Theater is given to the Motion Picture Relief Fund given to build a home for those members of the motion picture industry who can't provide for themselves anymore. And now, as stage manager of tonight's comedy drama of Hollywood, Imperfect Lady, written by Charlie Palmer, my job is to set the scene and tell you the cast of the play is a quartet of star-spangled names from the great Luxor Studios. Manny Mason, the producer, is played by Spencer Charters. Lisa Garen is Margaret Lindsay, Clark Gable is Jerry Gates, and Ginger Rogers is Donna Brown. I, yes, yes, I'm in it too. I play the part of Riddle, your Hollywood correspondent. The curtain goes up and we hear Riddle broadcasting in the lobby of the Carthay Circle after the preview of the Luxor picture, Southern Cross. Well, I guess that just about lines up this broadcast. This is Riddle, your Hollywood correspondent, speaking to you from the lobby of the Carthay Circle. This was the preview of Luxor's Southern Cross, said to be the most stupendous, most colossal, most lavish spectacle ever put on the screen. Produced by Manny Mason, starring Lisa Guerin, and written by their great team, Donna Brown and Jerry Gates. There they go now, right out through the lobby, bowing and smiling to friends and admirers. As they wait for their cars, they're congratulating each other on the world acclaim that will be theirs. The four happiest people in Hollywood tonight are without question... Now, Lisa, it wasn't your fault the picture was a flop. Of course it wasn't my fault, Manny Mason. It was the production. I spent a million dollars in that production. It was a script. A script. You okayed every line of dialogue I wrote. Manny and I are blaming you, Jerry. We were ruined by a poor story. My story, you mean? It was your story, wasn't it, Miss Brown? I thought I smelled a flop when I read it, but Manny said it was the incinerator next door. I thought it had come down to me. The production, the acting, the dialogue were just swell, but my story laid an egg. Is that it? What's the matter, Donna? Can't you take it? Sure, I can take it, but not the way you dish it out. Just like a woman, you're taking it personally. All right, then, let's get personal. Lisa Guerin has turned you from a writer into a rubber stamp. You don't say. You didn't write the dialogue. Lisa rewrote it. No, did she? Yes, and I'm walking out. Go ahead and walk out. I'll never work for Luxor again. Is that a 
promise. Or with you either, Jerry Gates. Huh. You're breaking my heart. Good night. Good night. Look, Manny, six months ago, after that turkey, I told you I was through. Now, done. And count me out. I'm not taking off on another flop. Jerry, please. My story, a flop where you haven't even read it. I thought you said goodbye for good, Donna. I did, but Manny socked me with a contract when I wasn't looking. Uh, that's a good story. Why, why not use it sometime? Look, Jerry, with Donna's story and your dialogue, we can't miss this time. Well, I can close my eyes and see an Academy Award. Well, open them up and see the bitter truth. It's no soap, Manny. Why, uh, this is going to be an awful disappointment to Lisa Garrett. Lisa Garrett? What's Lisa got to do with it? She's going to play the star part. Now, wait a minute, Manny. You're not going to put her in my story. Well, why didn't you tell me you were going to cast Lisa, Manny? I just thought of it. Well, of course. Lisa puts a different light on the whole thing. Then you'll do the screenplay? Well, sure. I'll take a crack at it. Oh, you'll take a crack at it? Yes, I'll take a crack at it. All right. What do you mean, all right? Count me in, too, Manny. You'll work with Jerry? I wouldn't miss, not if Garen's going to be the star. If we work together, it'll be done my way. Your way? Then we'll have a picture. Like Southern Cross when you and Lisa gave me the double cross. Let's leave Lisa out. In my treatment, she'll be out, all right. Now, that's the way I like to see writers get along. All right, Jerry, you don't like the speech. Speech? Since when did the word yes become a speech? Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yes, and it finishes off the sequence. Yeah, and it also just about finishes off Lisa Garrett. Return trip. We're back to Lisa again. She has to have something to say, unless she wanted to express herself in sign language. No, she'd never be able to think up the sign. Just listen to this dialogue you've given her. Uh, yes. Uh, no. Oh, really? Oh. Well, she's got one long speech. Yeah, you mean where she says thank you. Mm-hmm. And if she says it the right way, it'll be her big opportunity. Oh, look, Jerry, I want this picture to be a success just because you're holding hands with Lisa Who Garrett. said so? I like Lisa. I respect her work. Fan number one. That doesn't mean that every word is written with a throbbing heart. Okay. Let's get on with the writing. And for the 15th time today, let's keep personalities out of it. Jerry, it's Lisa. Open As the door. I said, let's keep personalities out. All right, Lisa. I just knew you were dying for some tea. Oh, hello, Donna. Oh. Well, that's nice, Lisa. Only look, we're right in the middle of a tough scene. Oh, you always work better after tea, doesn't he, Donna? Does it? Everyone does. Let's see, you like it strong, don't you? Yes. Did you just get on the set? Yes, and I'm utterly exhausted. Such a day. Strong or weak, Donna? Strong, like I'm trying to be. Now, about the scene, Jerry. Oh, you must let me see it. You know, I almost feel that I've had a part in the actual writing of this picture. You have, definitely. Oh, you're sweet. Now, Jerry takes two lumps of sugar. How about you, Donna? Now, I'm a lemon personality. I'll take over the typewriter and do the first draft, Jerry. Oh, I do hope you're doing one of my scenes. Of course, I don't want to criticize. But some of the dialogue sounds as though it were being written by someone who wasn't, well, sympathetic to my work. I'm saving my sympathy to give you after the preview. Look, girls, girls, I know tea's important. But if we don't finish this scene for tomorrow's shooting, there may not be any preview. Then let's talk it over. You see, I definitely feel I'm not getting what I want. If you two don't mind, I'll work in the next office. Oh, but this concerns you, Donna. For weeks now, I've been trying to give you my best thoughts on the characterization. And for weeks, I've been taking them like capsules, morning and night. But you're writing me too vague. You're losing sight of my naturally vibrant personality. Oh, Lisa, Lisa, maybe we're not talking about the same script. I thought the character was spiritual. That was my impression, too. Spiritual? If you write me any more spiritual in this next scene, I'll take off. Now, look, Lisa. 
Where is the glamour the public expects of me? Where is my appeal? You tell us. We'll work together from now on. You go ahead and write, and I'll sit here and give you my ideas. More tea, Jerry? Yes. Strong. Donna, double strength and a handful of crackers to crumble. Do you realize we're almost done? As soon as we crack this last scene, the job's finished. Yes, you know I'm kind of sorry. Oh, my, Jerry. Hasn't seemed like work. We've had a lot of fun these last few weeks. Yes, we have. Well, I suppose we'll work on other things. I hope so. Isn't as though we'll be saying goodbye for good when this is over. No. Maybe we could, well, call each other up once in a while. Sure, sure, we could do that. Jerry. Yes, Donna? Uh, Nothing. I guess we'd better get on with this last scene. Yes, I guess we better. I've got it sketched out here on paper. You probably won't like it. Oh, sure, I'll like it. It's where this Gordon fellow returns, and he walks up the path to the cottage and finds Lisa waiting at the door. Here, let's read it over. Gordon says that you mm, read it. Yes, uh, I, uh, I'm back, Susan. It's been so long, but I knew you'd come. Uh, they told me you'd gone away. I didn't go. Didn't I say I'd wait for you? Uh, nothing's changed. Everything's just as it was the day I left. Yes, everything's the same, except that I love you more. Donna. Jerry. I love you. I love you. That's not in the script. I know it isn't. I'm speaking for myself. Well, so am I. It's been on my mind for weeks. Mine, too. At first, I thought it was nuts. I knew I was. Can't happen this way. The same old plot we've written so often couldn't happen to you and me. (laughs) Well, it's always been sure fire, so it ought to be good enough for us. Well, uh, what are we going to do about it? Uh, look, look, we ought to celebrate or something. Well, I've got a new dress. Poor thing, it's never seen Earl Carroll. Well, okay, I'll drop you off at your place. I'll chase on down to the studio and tell them to pay, uh, type up this last scene for tomorrow's shooting. Yeah. I'll pick you up at 6 30. Oh, no, no, we'll save time if I meet you at Earl Carroll. Oh, so you're telling me what to do already when we're not even married. We're just engaged. Well, how about a quickie proposal? Good Lord, do I have to go through that? No, darling, just kiss me again. Only this time, make it slow motion. Hello, Luxor Studio? Is this Mike? Oh, listen, Mike, this is Donna Brown. I've been waiting here at Earl Carroll's for an hour. Did Jerry Gates come back to the studio? Oh, he didn't? You're sure? All right, Mike, thanks. Hi, Donna. Hello, Red. What's news? You tell me. Not one item for tomorrow's column. That's funny. You usually carry more dirt than a Kansas dust storm. I hear you and Jerry finished the picture. Who told you? Lisa Garrett. When? I talked to her on the phone about 6.30. Where? Her apartment. She said she and Jerry Gates might go out and celebrate. Yeah, and from where I sit, they're doing it. What do you mean? Well, there they are. Yeah, there they are. Say, Jerry's not the guy you had to date with, is he? That's a nice item for your column, isn't it? You don't mind, Donna? Oh, not in the least, Red. That's just small talk. How about an exclusive for a headline? I'll buy it. Then follow me. Hey, hey, where, where are we going? To see Jerry Gates. Oh, but Donna... Hello, Jerry. Now, Donna, look, look, I want to explain. Oh, don't bother. Now, wait a minute. Hello, Donna. So, Lisa Garen, I found you out at last. 
you mean, found me out? God, I'm not so loud. What oh, are you trying I've to do? Oh, I kept quiet long enough, Jerry Gates, while you flaunted your women behind my back. Get the double talk, will you? She's trying to create a scene. That's right. Brazen it out, you tyrant. Brazen what out? Deny it if you can that you've ensnared him. Oh, Jerry, to think how I've scrimped and saved to help you become famous. Say, is there a doctor in the house? And now that you're a success, you cast me aside. Well, this is the end. I'm through. Do you hear? I'm through. Well, that's great. Now, let's get back to where I came in. There's no going back now. This is for your column, Riddle. I'm going to get a divorce. Good night. Divorce? Look, she's gone out of her mind. Stop her, somebody. Hey, Donna. Hey, hold on, Gates. You want to make a statement? Yes, go to the devil. Donna, Donna. <laughs> do you want to be quoted, Miss Garen? Yes, by all means, I certainly do. Say that... Say that... Oh... Boy, oh boy, what a story. When asked for a statement on the marriage and impending divorce of Donna Brown and Jerry Gates, the glamorous Lisa Garen painted for publication. In just a moment, ladies and gentlemen, the curtain will rise on the second act of our play... You'll find out more about Donna and Jerry, two people who live and work right here in Hollywood. But before the curtain goes up, I'd like to tell you about a man who lives and works right in your town. The man who brings you this program. He's your neighborhood good golf dealer, and he's not the kind of fellow who cranks out so many gallons of gasoline and lets it go at that. He knows that the gas he sells means many miles on the highway. A great many miles if you use golf no not. And he wants those miles to be economical and carefree. That's why he's ready with that swell golf service. Your good golf dealer sure is the doctor when it comes to fixing up little things about your car. He can take the air pressure in your tires as carefully as a physician taking your pulse. He makes the engine say, ah, while he checks your motor oil. Why, he's even got a prescription for that gloomy feeling. The Golf Funny Weekly, which, incidentally, has pictures this week of some of the stars who appear in the Golf Screen Guild Theater. All those little special services have just one aim, that your miles with Golf No-Knox gasoline shall be both many and happy. Why not get to know your local good golf dealer? Let him be your host along the highway, as well as here in the Golf Theater. <laughs> The Gulf Screen Guild Theater is about to rise on the second act of the comedy drama Imperfect Lady, starring Ginger Rogers, Margaret Lindsay, Clark Gable, Spencer Charters, with yours truly in the supporting cast. Light! Music! And curtain! Sorry, fellows, but I can't say anything for publication about the divorce until I talk things over with my wife, Donna Brown. Sorry, boys, I can't tell, tell you who I'll name as the other woman until I talk with Lisa Garren. Sorry, gentlemen, I can't tell you what my plans will be until I talk to my producer, Manny Mason. Sorry, fellas, for the first time in his life, Manny Mason ain't got nothing to say. Good evening, everybody. This is Riddle, your Hollywood correspondent. Here's a hot item in the marriage globe of Jerry Gates and Donna Brown. This afternoon, Jerry sent Donna flowers. Take it from me to you. This looks like a reconciliation. Jerry Gates' flowers are reposing in Donna Brown's ash can. Take it from me to you, there'll be no reconciliation. It's all right, uh, boys. Now, uh, right here by the swimming pool. Now, play something soft and romantic. You know, a serenade. D.C., Senor Gates. 
We're always at home to the press. The gates stand wide open for publicity. Mrs. Gates, I'm sleepy. So am I. Why don't you go home? I am home. Look, how long are you going to keep this farce going? Forever, maybe. Strange as it may seem, I love you, even if you are only my wife. I'm not your wife. Well, everybody thinks you are, so I'm going to be a model husband. For the last time, will you please go home? Well, desert my wife on our second honeymoon? You think I'm a cad? Are you really going to stay? Well, didn't I just wind up the cat and put out the clock? We, uh, we really must get a clock, darling. Home isn't home without a clock to put out. All right. That's the way it's going to be. That's the way it's going to be. Yes, yes. I knew you'd come to your senses. I'm dreadfully thirsty. Would you step in the bathroom and get me a glass of water? Why, of course, darling. Uh, uh do you prefer uh, cold or hot? Cold. Let it run. Uh, where's the glass? Up on the shelf. Well, I don't see it. <laughs> Just keep looking, darling. Hey! Hey, Donna! Good night, darling. Open this door. Pleasant dreams. I think you'll find the tub very comfortable if you use the bath sponge for a pillow. Sleep tight, sweetheart. Open this door. Hey, Donna, Donna. Open this door. Good morning, Lisa. Hello, Donna. Sorry to disturb you so early. Oh, that's quite all right. Come in, Lisa. Thank you. I got up early to do some packing. You don't mind if I go on with it? Oh, not at all. Going away, Donna? Yes. Far, far away. To get your divorce, I presume. What? Oh. Oh, yes. Yes, I'll take care of that while I'm away. Well, I'm glad you've decided to do the sensible thing. You know, you've been a bit of a dog in the manger, Donna. You don't want Jerry, but you don't want any other woman to have him either. That's where you're wrong, Lisa. I don't care who has him. Then why didn't you divorce him long ago? Well, I... I guess I just never got around to it. You know how you keep putting those things off. Yes. You put it off until you could pull that scene to try and ruin my career. I wasn't even thinking of your career or you. Look, I'm in a hurry. Will you please come to the point, Lisa? Certainly. When you divorce Jerry, I'm taking him over. Oh, you are. You you don't mind? No. But aren't you forgetting Jerry may be in love with me? In love with you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> then why haven't you lived together? Why, the separate apartments. Just a blind. Jerry's lived here all the time. Oh, I don't believe it. Uh, or perhaps if you saw him, it might convince you. Let me see. Uh, this hour, he's usually in the bathroom. Jerry, darling, excuse me for disturbing you, but you've been in there so long. Come out, dear. We have company. Oh, say, it's about time. Let's stop playing games. Oh, hello, Peter. I, I uh, was just shaving. So, you came back to her? Yes, I guess I'm just a weak character, Lisa. No, you're soft-hearted. And Donna's taken advantage of you. Say, you're right, Lisa. I never could hold out against a woman's tears. Whose tears? When Donna came to me on her knees and begged me to give her just one more chance... I knew it. She's kicked you, Jerry. Oh, oh, don't tell me that, Lisa. She has. Now that she's got you back, she's going to walk out on you just to get even. Oh, Donna, Donna, you wouldn't. You couldn't. Oh, tell me that isn't so. If she did, she'd be lying. She told me herself she was leaving to get a divorce. Donna, is this true? So what? So what? 
Oh, what about our children? Did you say... Did you say children? Oh, yes. yes. Uh, I can break the news to George. He's in high school, but... How will I ever tell Peter? Peter? Oh, you tell her about Peter, Donna. I, I just can't. Peter? Oh, Peter. Oh. Well, Peter's in reform school. Reform school? Now, now, now. Don't cry, Donna. The boy's smart. He may break out. <laughs> but he's not a bad boy at heart. No, no. He's just a little precocious. Uh, what did Peter do? Well, he... Uh... He set William on fire. William? William? Yes, William, William, yes, yes, he's our baby. He's just, uh, how old is he, Donna? You've been closer to him than I have. Just a year. Yes, yes, he's still on the bottom. And if you take over, Lisa, don't worry, I'll show you how to mix up his formula. It's idiotic. Idiotic? Oh, no. The doctor says William may be a little backward. But he's certainly not an idiot. I mean, it's insane for me to waste time trying to help someone who won't be helped. Who's so sunk in the mire of domesticity, it's positively sickening. Lisa, you're not Lee. I most certainly am. But aren't you going to take over? Be a mother to my children? And become the mother of more Roman candles? No, thank you. <laughs> good morning and goodbye. <laughs> exit Lisa. And now exit Donna. Will you stand yourself in some corner out of the way while I finish my packing? Oh, are we going someplace? I am. Well, I'll come along. I've got nothing to do. Let's see. Will I need my stuffed tuna and my ice cake? I'm going alone. Donna, you're going to desert me when I've just become the father of three children? <laughs> oh, Jerry, please stop kidding. Oh, look, Donna, you, you and I don't matter, but the, those three kids, they need you. <laughs> if you don't stop talking like that, I'll begin to believe it myself. Yeah, and their father needs you. Does he? Really? And what we both need is someone to marry us. But uh, what will people say? I've got a little farm up in the valley. And my next-door neighbor is uh, Justice of the Peace, who's been marrying couples quietly for years. Well, I I suppose we owe it to society. Whether we like it or not. But you know, darling, I'm I'm awfully afraid we're going to like it. Like it? Mm -hmm. Sweetheart, we're going to love it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we come to our new weekly feature, The Question Box, to find out what the stars really know about Hollywood. Anyone giving an incorrect answer must pay a forfeit by doing anything I ask them to. Uh, say, Rod, can yeah. we sort of do without this forfeit business? Last week, you made Cary Grant talk like Donald Duck. <laughs> well, wait till, we see, wait till you see what we've got for you, Clark. Uh, look, pal, couldn't I change places with John Conti or something? He just sits over there laughing at us. <laughs> for the question box. The box is being opened, the stars are ready, and the first question goes to Clark Gable. Clark, has since MGM adopted the Roaring Lion as a trademark, uh, do they still use the same lion? Well, it looks like the same lion to me. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Clark, but it isn't. The lion they use now is the grandson of the original lion. The grandson? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, it's my turn now. <laughs> yeah, it's your turn. That, what do I have? That to wasn't a very good one. Well, there aren't any excuses except that I'm sorry, Clark, and the question box, so you're going to have to pay a forfeit. And I'll tell you what you have to do. You will have to spell uh, maliciousness. Maliciousness? Yeah. And when you come to a vowel, whistle it. To a vowel, whistle it. <laughs> whistle the vowel. 
I can't even spell malicious. <laughs> right there. Well, right. Here goes. All right. Uh, M. L. C. U. Well done, Clark. Well done. And now, now the next question goes to Margaret Lindsay, and it comes in two parts. First, if your telephone line was down ten years ago, and you sent a repairman, uh, you sent for a repairman, which of the following people might have shown up to fix it? Bob Hope, Clark Gable, Marlena Dietrich, Gary Cooper, or Connie Boswell? Well, it seems to me that I read that Clark Gable was a telephone lineman one time. Yes, that's right, Margaret. Ten years ago, Clark Gable was a telephone lineman. Now for the second part of the question, Margaret. Uh, why did I include Bob Hope, Marlena Dietrich, Gary Cooper, and Connie Boswell in the question? Well, it couldn't be because they're all going to be on the uh, Gulf Screen Guild Theater next week. Is that it? Yes, it could, and they are going to be. You're a whiz tonight, Margaret. That's really all right. Now the next question goes to Ginger Rogers. I'm ready. All right, Ginger. Ginger, now what's Annabella's full name? Huh, what is that again? What's Annabella's full name? Annabella. Uh-huh. Annabella, uh, full name. Annabella. Uh, full name. Um, <laughs> do you mind, Roger, if I ask you a question? Not at all, Ginger. You go right ahead. What's my forfeit? <laughs> well, we'll come to that. But first, you should be interested to know that Annabella's full name doesn't even have Annabella in it. It's Suzanne Georgette Carpentier. And now for your forfeit. When you were a little girl, <laughs> when you were a little girl, Ginger, just learning how to talk, was there a poem your mother always used to ask you to say because she thought it was cute? Yeah, well, it was awful silly. Well, that's what I mean. Let's hear it. Oh, my mother will die. Um, <laughs> there was a big Malice fan who saw Biddle Lump sitting on a white sock, chewing got a wump. Long came big Billy fan, said Biddle Lump, Simmy Gum, said the Biddle Lump to the big Malice fan, go, I thought. That's all. <laughs> if you enjoyed that, please check out the Riley and Kimmy Show for archived podcasts, interviews, old-time radio shows, videos, and photos, all available at RileyandKimmy.com. We're asking for your help right now. The Spacey Awards are looking for the best podcast. You can place your vote for best podcast, and we hope it's the Riley and Kimmy show. You can vote for us by going to our website, which is RileyandKimmy.com. And our Facebook page, we have a link to that uh, voting process. And... Remember, it's more than just liking our Facebook page that will get a vote. You have to actually click on the little bubble. Yes, for our name. Mm-hmm. That's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Please vote for us. We would like to thank you in advance for doing so. And we ask just one thing. Please share that with at least two people who will vote and ask them to pass it on to two more who will vote for us as well. That's the Spacey Awards. And you can find out more how to vote right on our website and our Facebook page. Link to our Facebook page is available right on our website, which is RileyandKimmy.com. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.